the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul speaking in his letter to the Philippians. He says, For the rest, my brethren, delight yourselves in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in Him. To keep writing to you over and over of the same thing is not irksome to me. And it is a precaution for your safety. Now, some of your translations may say finally, but don't misinterpret that. I know when you hear me say finally in a sermon, you, a lot of people get happy because they think it's almost over. But in this particular case, finally obviously doesn't mean that he's at the end. What he is saying is finally he is coming to a summation in his exhortations. You remember exhortation being his teaching about what we do, how we walk in the truth, about how the truth is lived out through us. And at the end of this, he says, and for the rest, to sum it all up, delight yourselves in the Lord. Now, your translation may also say rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. And delighting yourself in the Lord is the same as rejoicing in the Lord. Now, the beginning of this says, For the rest, my brethren, are in all of these things, make Jesus your joy. Let your life expression Reflect the joy of your union with Christ. Now, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And this is what Paul is referencing. It's not a natural expression that, that man can come up with. It requires the very presence of God for joy to exist. It is actually the fruit of His presence. In His presence, there is joy. It is available to us. It is actually part of the fruit that we are to bear as branches of the vine. And this joy is a reflection of the presence of God, of all that God is in His presence. Now, the enemy is always humanizing the work of the Spirit. So the way the enemy does that is he would equate, and I've heard it equate, he would equate joy with happiness. 
He would relegate it to an emotion that is all about circumstance or about your situation. But we know happiness is based in happenstance. And it's really all about your interpretation of of an event or a circumstance. It's about you being happy in the moment. But it is not joy, because joy is not dependent on anything external. It's not attached to anything external. It's attached to the presence of God alone. So when we express joy, we give evidence of God's presence. Happiness is not joy. Joy is found in God and in the presence of God. It's a spiritual fruit and should not be bound or attached to anything temporal. Romans 14:17 says, After all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the kingdom of God, there is joy. Now, you're in the kingdom. Christ is the kingdom. And that union that you and I have in Christ, as the body of Christ, is part of the kingdom. We are part of his body, therefore we are in the kingdom. But in the kingdom there is joy, because there's always joy in his presence To rejoice, which is taking the word joy, is to outwardly express by faith the truth of your God with gladness. So when he says rejoice or be glad in, he is saying to express the joy of your spirit through the soul, the mind, will, and emotion, and exclaim the truth of God's presence. And you can do that in your countenance, you can do that in your words, you can do that in your actions, but to rejoice is to put forth the joy of the Lord. It's a testimony of the presence of God in you. When we go into anything with joy, we go into it with the recognition that we go into it with God. So, here's the thing. Joy is not just knowing God's around. It is actually participating, actually receiving and knowing and working out of His presence. So, when He says, Rejoice... He says, put forth joy. Again, I say rejoice. Now listen, this is not a suggestion. This is actually a command. It is a command to exhibit joy. Now what does that tell you? That we are to be constantly in our life's expression putting forth the truth of God's life in us. This is a command of the Spirit of God. When we look at the fruit of the Spirit, as Paul lists them in Galatians 5, we find that joy is listed second after love, love being the foundation of which all the other fruits are based. Galatians 5, 23, verses 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, you can't have it apart from the Spirit of God, is love, 
joy or gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Now, we can say, well, I've seen that duplicated in the lives of lost people. I've seen people who seem to be joyful. No, they're not joyful. They can't possibly be joyful. Well, I've seen lost people that love. No, they don't love. They can't put forth the love of God. Well, I've seen them where they've seen me. Well, no, they can't do that either. All of these things are the attributes of Christ himself and will not happen apart from Christ. They are the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, which means in His presence all of these things are manifest. Now for us that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all manifest through us at one time, but it does mean that they're all there, every one of them. Because Jesus doesn't just carry a satchel with a little bit of this one day and a little bit of that the next. This is His person. Now, we've been talking about what it means to walk in the truth or what the process of sanctification is. And what God is telling you is this is part of walking in truth. This is the affirmation of an ongoing work of God. It identifies you as who you are as a child of God. It is something that you cannot do apart from Jesus himself. Now listen, that's what sanctification is. It's constantly you working out the truth of your identity, becoming more sure and confident in who you are in Christ, and allowing Christ to express himself however he chooses in your day-to-day living. Sanctification does not happen apart from Christ, and the work of sanctification is the work of the Spirit, period. It's not something we build within ourselves, like an erector said, or Lincoln Logs. It's something that Christ brings and works through us by His very life and presence. All of these things that I've mentioned might be duplicated in their outward expression by those people who do not know Him. But here's the thing that you need to grasp and hold on to. In all of these things, God is looking at the heart. And He can say, this is not real, this is. We're going to talk about worship. Do you know worship doesn't happen apart from the Spirit of God? Do you know that it is the Spirit of God's province, worship is, that you enter into by virtue of the fact that you carry His life with you? Do you know apart from the person of Jesus and apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, worship is not worship, it's ritual. And it's a satanic duplication designed to deceive. Now you say, oh, that's putting it pretty harsh. There's only two powers. One's a created power and one is the creator. When you worship, you worship the creator. And those who worship true worshipers of God worship Him in what? Spirit and in truth. So what does that tell you? If you are not His, you're not worshiping. But worship is more than just getting together and singing songs. We've been told that to walk in the truth, to actually affirm who we are, we should live our lives out with the joy of the Lord. 
Now listen, this is the renewing of the mind. That's what this is. This is the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember that the soul is what is filled? Because unless the soul captures it, it won't be your outward expression. Remember the spiritual anatomy. From the Spirit, through the soul, manifested by the body. Outward demonstration. Okay? So unless the Spirit of God is allowed to permeate your soul or fill your soul or move the truth of God through your soul, what you're manifesting is in Him. That's why all of these things that we seek to duplicate in our flesh end up empty, dead. And we constantly bring our own efforts in these things before the Lord and ask Him to bless them. He won't bless the flesh. He won't bless the work of the flesh any more than he'll leave gifts at the altar of idols. He won't. You remember in in Ephesians 5.18 where it says, Do not be drunk with wine. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Don't accept the world's coping mechanism, but be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. This is where joy comes from. From the Spirit of God, filling your soul. Do you see that living in the presence of the Lord, the life of Christ, is not something we do occasionally? Have you figured that one out? It's something we participate in. It's the way of life for the Christian. And listen, the evidence of that life is joy. That's what it is. Isaiah 12, verses 2 and 4. Behold, God... My salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord is my strength and song. Yes, He has become my salvation. I love that. He's the music of my life. My song. Therefore, with joy, listen, therefore with joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy. Now the wells of salvation is that salvation that you participate in daily. Daily you're receiving the salvation of the Lord. Daily you're receiving the, the, the provision of the Lord. Daily you're receiving the strength of the Lord. Daily you're receiving the protection of the Lord. Daily you're receiving the power of God upholding you and holding you in place. All that you have is a child of God. You have received from Him. Daily you are drawing these things out. Well, why does He bring it up? He says, daily I will draw my salvation, my salvation from the well of salvation. Now, who would that be? That's, that's his life. That's Christ in you. Daily, now get this, with joy. Now, why do we talk about joy now? Well, because it's this simple. You're drawing it. What he's saying with joy means I am recognizing that I am totally dependent upon him. With joy. With the celebration that God is my life, I draw out His provision. With the celebration that God is my hope, I draw out His provision. With the celebration that I'm in His presence, I draw out this provision, this salvation. I live out of His life with joy. It's huge. It's a huge part of your sanctification that you recognize moment by moment your total and complete dependency upon Him. 
and you do it with joy. It's the testament. It is the evidence. It's the bona fides of who you are. It finishes, and in that day, when he starts recognizing, when it comes to him. Now, I've had this happen. And I've heard testimony in this, from people out here that I was in this situation and I recognized it was God. I recognized it was God. And so he continues. He says, and in that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord. <laughs> Call upon His name, and by means of His name, in solemn entreaty, declare and make known His deeds among the people of the earth. Proclaim His name is exalted. Do you see the work of sanctification in that? Can you see it? Because now you've seen God, now you exalt God, and now you go boldly forth proclaiming the Lord. You're affirmed in who you are with joy. We experience the salvation of the Lord moment by moment. Daily His mercies are renewed. Joy is evidence that we're recognizing and embracing that salvation. The joy of the Lord, when expressed, becomes our strength to endure. Colossians 1.11 says, We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of His glory, to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance with joy. You see, when we recognize that it's His strength and His power that's causing us to endure, when we recognize that it's Him that is holding us up, then we do it with Joy. You see, the point is, is not that they just endure with God's strength, because that's the only way they would endure. But that they endure with joy. That's recognizing that it is God's strength. Does that make sense? Do it with joy. The joy of the Lord should be our every expression. It should be the outcome of every experience. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. That is, rejoice in who He is. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Now, not just what He has done or what He will do, but in who He is at this moment. Rejoice in the Lord. That is, that is imperative. It's a command. But it's saying continuously. So what he's talking about is rejoice, 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 rejoice. Moment by moment, living life. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice again. I say rejoice. In order to do that, you must recognize that you're in the presence of God. You must recognize who you are. Paul says rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in who He is. Paul says rejoice because you are in Him. He is your life and the reward of life. He is the goal. He is the highest expectation of every moment. Now joy is you shouting by your countenance or words or action. Behold the presence of my God, my life, my salvation. That's what joy is. That's how He makes Himself known in His people. Through joy, through the testimony of joy. 
This joy ushers in the peace that has no explanation and protects us from fear and unbelief. The joy of the Spirit protects us from the lies and the deceptions of the enemy. Resisting the enemy is expressing by faith the joy of the Lord. When the enemy is rehearsing your fears and your failures or why you should be a victim, you defeat him through joy, through it. Affirming the presence of the Lord through affirming His power and protection over you, through affirming the truth of who your God is. The enemy's not going to stay around for that. He doesn't have an entree because you're not self-centered, self-focused, or man-focused. You're God-focused. And when you're God-focused, the enemy's got nowhere with you. He's got nowhere to go. His only hope in getting you is distracting you from the truth of your life. Joy affirms who you are. Joy affirms the presence of the Lord. Recognizing the presence of God with joy banishes the threat of the enemy. Psalms 27 verses 5 and 6 says, For in that day of trouble he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He will set me high upon the rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. In his tent I will offer sacrifice and shouting of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Now look, you are in his tent. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. You are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You are held by Him under the shadow of His wing. But you will not dwell there with joy if your eye is on the enemy. But when you put your eye on the Most High, then you can declare Him as victory. Because He is victory. Circumstances don't declare victory. Victory is God Himself. You declare Him. You hold on to His presence. You stand before the enemies that face you, the circumstances that come against you, and you stand there in joy and say, I am in the safe place. I am in the presence of the Lord. I am kept by Him. No man can touch me apart from His choosing. I am kept from the enemy. Paul continues in verse 1, To keep writing to you over and over of the same thing is not irksome to me, and it is a precaution for your safety. Now listen, I know I talk about Christ's life. I know I repeat certain verses over and over again. I know this because, you know what, I do it because God puts it in my heart. And you know what the greatest protection for the people of God is? To know who you are and to live out of who you are. That's where the abundant life is. That's what makes being a Christian more than eternal salvation. Otherwise, you're just practicing something. And you know what? Knowing all the scripture in the world will not comfort you in the darkest day if you haven't recognized the person behind it. What Father wants for His children is relationship. What your Father wants with you is intimate and real He wants your heart not to be divided. He has removed every obstacle that you may know Him. 
He does not want you to put confidence or be threatened by anything. He wants you to dwell in the safety of knowing that you are the child of the Most High. You are kept by Him and Him alone. You are His favored child. Christ's life in you is eternal, not temporal. Paul is now going to address an external danger to that fellowship group, and that group was known as the Judaizers. Now, the Judaizers were Jews that accepted Jesus as Messiah and taught Christians that they must be circumcised and live under the Mosaic law in order to be accepted by God. Now, Paul is telling the Philippians to walk in truth, rejoice in the truth, and the truth of your salvation by grace. Now, I just talked to you about the whole thing of protection from the enemy, resisting the enemy. It is recognizing who you are, affirming who you are, and walking in the truth of who you are. The enemy has no ground if you do that. And the only thing that the enemy can bring before you is distraction and deception. Well, that's what the Judaizers did. Now, the Judaizers, they would come into the congregation, and you know, it's really hard really hard if you have your attention on the outworking of man. If man is your standard, it's really hard to resist these people because they do it right. On the outside, they look like upstanding Christians. In fact, they look more righteous than you do. They probably know more scripture than you do. But in it all, there's a subtle and sometimes not so subtle attempt to get you to attach your righteousness to externals, to dismiss the completed work of Christ, to put it aside for what you can accomplish or what can be accomplished by your work. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.